Hi, pal, and welcome to season two of I've Got Your Back the podcast. I am so excited that this season is going to be about entrepreneurship. So if you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur and you're curious about how to be one, what it means, how do you embody the mindset or how do you create ways to become an entrepreneur and any lessons there are in being an entrepreneur, then this season is for you. Speak to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final episode, episode eight of this season's I've Got Your Back, the podcast. So it's all about entrepreneurship. And I have the honor and pleasure of having one of my besties on the call, Meg McLean. Hello. Hi. By no means least. Last, but no means least. I saved the best for last. I just feel as if this is going to be hilarious. It's going to be full of wisdom and fun actually that's, <laughs> that's how I feel it's going to be so um yeah for those of you listening I just wanted to invite Meg on because Meg and I have known each other oh goodness we met in the summer in the summer of 2005 and wildwood is it 2005 yeah. can we tell that story yeah, we should tell the story. Do you want to tell it? Or will I do yeah, it? I'll tell it. So yeah, okay. we were going because my version of events will be more accurate than your version of events. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to tell it. So we were okay, going okay. to work in America. So I had planned my job, planned my accommodation to go to the other side of the world as a teenager to work in America and you were a teenager you were like 23 22 no, you know? no absolutely not because remember oh. year we got arrested for underage drinking so we were under 21 20. you were 20 I was 19 I was going to be 20 in the following August okay I think I was 20 then I was 20 just see see what I mean <laughs> right you were a teenager at 19 so we were in our flat one night and we were waiting on our friend Lynn coming because we were expecting Lynn coming she had a room in her apartment and there were three of us arrived already and Lynn was the fourth one coming so Lynn got off the flight from Glasgow to New York got to New Jersey from New York and she came to our door and I remember it was raining in New Jersey that night and she came to the door mm -hmm. and we're like Who's this you've got with you? And she was like, hi, this is my friend Michelle. She's from Paisley, but I met her on the plane. She doesn't have a job and she doesn't have anywhere to stay. Can she stay with I, us tonight? I think I did have the job. I did have the right operator job, but I hadn't quite sussed out the accommodation. But <laughs> everything with you and Michelle, everything just falls into place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even back then, when I wasn't fully aware, really. And look, now, that basically formed a relationship yeah. that led to a business that completely yeah. changed your life. I know. It's Wild, and we were in Wildwood. That's <laughs> working for the summer. Wildwood. Um, yeah, that's where we met. And it was so good, wasn't it? That was, I think that was honestly one of the best summers of my life. I know a lot happened for you you know getting arrested and stuff like that but it was a really great summer 
was a great summer of just pure fun and yeah, lots of underage drinking in bars in the US. It was great. But also a lot of hard work. Americans work hard. They work long hours and yeah. not a lot of pay. And then yeah. the jobs that those Americans were not willing to do, they employed students from the other side of the world to come yeah. over and do. Yeah. And that's the one that we ended up doing. So Exactly. Yeah. We were, we're working like, what, 60 hours a week? It was insane. Yeah. Like every day, long, longest shifts ever. Uh-huh. And getting paid like $3 is great. Best summer of our lives. Um, so yeah so I that's how Meg and I met and then a few years later so that would have been 2009 so yeah we met 2005 obviously stayed pals and then you introduced me to Arbonne in 2009 so yeah. that's like quite a few years later that's I didn't realize about a few years um and then that's how so we've been so we've been in business together for all of those years and obviously gone through many a time many stories many ups and downs through our business and then friendships and lots of stuff has happened personally I mean you know I think I've moved 20 million times Um, you've got married had kids done lots of other stuff as well so there's been a lot that's happened but I was just curious to speak to you Meg because you know you really did come from a very sort of traditional upbringing and childhood and you can chat about that in a second but you really came from that sort of traditional place and now, and you have been for such a long time, a full-time entrepreneur and you've got your own podcast now as well, which you can talk about. So I just wanted to share this story because I really believe that a lot of people listening either are curious about that journey or maybe want to start something like that, or maybe just want to start something alongside their job or want to sort of get out of where they are now and that's a traditional sort of system of just, you know, working every day for someone else and doing the same thing every day. Um, or I think some people that listen to this are experienced entrepreneurs and just might get some inspiration from how you do it all, because obviously you have got a lot of things like you're spinning lots of plates. So I know there's a lot of people listening that are experienced, but would love to be inspired or just get your little tips on how you do it each day. Because um, you've been doing it for a long time probably and way before it was cool as well you know I think everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days and start side businesses but it's really knowing what it takes to do it all and how you actually manage it so I would just love to for you to share just your background like where you grew up like what was your like upbringing like school education and was that entre- and maybe you can weave this in as well but was your entrepreneurial spirit there were you a bit like you know academic or were you not or did you have other people around you that were role models so that's a lot of questions but feel free to just share what it was like growing up basically so I am very privileged to say that I had a wonderful upbringing um actually Mm. my grandfather was a man called Robert Wiseman who basically started the biggest dairy in the UK it's now sold and it's now called Muller Dairies Um, Mm. and it was a very big deal for us growing up and he he that was my grandfather my mum's father and it was actually his sons that really led the business to be what it was so he was a milkman and then mm. his sons, my uncles, took the, the local milk business and the milk truck and they bought a machine that could um, put milk in the glass bottles. Wow. And that's the kind of life that I grew up in. They, they became millionaires 
my mum was never part of the business because she was a female mm-hmm. he became a nurse and she had a completely different kind of path of life mm-hmm. she, she failed at what she did she was brilliant at what she did but we we got to watch that kind of entrepreneurial journey from afar yeah. and seeing both of those sides of that coin just really showed me what was possible growing up you know mm-hmm. it's always I went to a really good school I had incredible parents it was always kind of made clear to me that I could achieve whatever I wanted in life my mum used to always say you know the world is your oyster but it was yeah. very much but you have to go to uni first yes. and follow that path first and the way to make money is to go and get a job first and you know mm-hmm. graduate career path and all of that kind of thing so mm-hmm. I remember when I actually started school when I was three so I was much younger than everyone wow. else. and yeah. then on the other side of it when I was nearly 16 I had all my hires and I was ready to go to uni but I was too young so yeah. I took to go to dance college mm-hmm. and where my parents saying listen you can go to dance college as long as it's for <laughs> one year <laughs> then you go to university because yeah, yeah. this education that you have isn't to be a dancer so it was yeah. very much achieve what you want but this is the most likely way to do it yeah so I did go to university I went and did my dance for a year Turned out I wasn't actually that good a dancer. I was okay, but I was never, I was never going to make it. So <laughs> that was made clear to me. Um, it was actually quite harsh. They, they measure all your limbs and basically tell you that you don't have the body to be a ballet dancer and stuff like that. But anyway, that's... Wow. That's, so, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. I know. <laughs> well, there was plenty other points that made that was made clear to me not just the measuring of the limbs but they measure your legs and all that kind of stuff and you look at the turnout of your foot when they're basically assessing as to whether you'll be able to make it in London or not mm-hmm. um, but it was never going to be my thing I was going to uni and that was path yeah. I was on. so I went to uni and I studied business and psychology and I studied business because I thought I don't want to have a normal job. I know the power of business. I want to be able mm. to do something different. I just don't know what that is. Mm. And I thought to teach me how to open my own. Mm. But they didn't, maybe they do now, but back then they taught me how to be part of someone else's. So I graduated with this bit of paper, which used to mean a lot for my parents' generation, but actually didn't mean that much. Mm. It did get me a job in marketing, which I fell into. And mm-hmm. it was just when I'd started that marketing job that I heard about Arbonne. And mm-hmm. when my friend Emma and her mum spoke to me about Arbonne, I signed up straight away. I was so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do this. This is amazing. <laughs> marketing business that I know that we both now do. And yeah. of course, my parents said, you know, Meg, these things don't work in Scotland mm-hmm. they work in America this is a pipe dream it's too good to be true the only evidence that you have that this works is someone who lives in America at the time she was actually married to a 70s entertainer she was basically famous mm-hmm. and 
they said, you know, this is probably not going to work. You should probably go and get a real job. And at the time, my self-esteem, my self-confidence was, and also my confidence in the business side of it wasn't strong enough to say, no, actually, you're wrong. This is going mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. I actually stopped. I stopped the business after about a week. <laughs> and yeah. and waited to see how my friend would get on. And then a year later, she was still doing it. And it was still going really well. And that's when I decided to do it again for the second time and not speak to anyone about it this time, just make my own decision to do it. And Mm -hmm. one of the first things that we do when we start a business is say, if you had an incredible business and you have a boardroom table, who do you know who you love to climb a mountain with? Who do you know who would be so fun to work with? Who do you know who would, you know, who wants more from life? Who do you know who's on a path of wanting something more from life? And those people are the people that you want to speak to about your business. And you were literally the first person. Yeah. I remember that. It's so funny. I met in Wildwood. They turned up at the doorstep unannounced. Yeah, she'll be great. Let's speak to Michelle. <laughs> you were a high flyer at that point. You were you'd gone and worked in London and well, you were living in London, weren't you? Yeah, I was living in London at the time and I was like on that path, like you said, that sort of traditional path that your parents were like, you have to go to uni and get the job. So I was doing it as well. Like I was like, oh yeah, like I've been to uni, I'm in the graduate job, I'm working in London, like I'm so successful and amazing. Yeah. But then when you when I spoke to you, I was also like, wow, that sounds incredible too. Why not both? And I think that's the thing. So actually, when did you so you were we were laughing about this just before the podcast because we were saying, I was gonna I was I was sort of saying to Meg, like, what did you do? Like, just let's talk about what you did before our born. You were like, I was a toddler, a teenager. <laughs> Which actually in business sense we were like in terms of learning capabilities and where we were at we were literally babies and toddlers because we had no clue apart from studying some modules at uni but as you said they didn't really teach us business or how to run our own business it's how you run someone else's yeah so how long did you stay in your job because you got that marketing job and then yes. you I have worked for two proper job companies you know you do the job yeah. I've had two proper jobs basically in my life, both marketing yeah. jobs. So I worked for one marketing agency in Edinburgh for a year. Yeah, that's right. Left that job, started working for another marketing job in Glasgow at the same time, basically, as I started my Arbonne business. Mm. That job for another year until I gave up my full time job to do Arbonne as my main gig. That's amazing. So when was that? What year was that? 2010? I have no idea. I actually don't know it was 13 well 13 years ago 2010 yeah 22. yeah so how amazing honestly I just need to recognize you that recognize you for that Meg because one doing it at a time where it wasn't really a thing like people talk about side hustles and entrepreneurship and all that now but 10 years ago especially for our age and it just wasn't really a thing and then to come through the last 10 years and continue to build your business and Arbonne has been like yeah your main source of income yeah. for over a decade yeah mm-hmm. actually incredible and it's I started it when I was young free and single I had a boyfriend but I got married to him and now yeah. I have two kids and it's seen me through two maternity leaves 
and now getting to pick the kids up from school, getting to drop them off, spend the summer holidays with them. Mm. Honestly, summer holidays right now, and I do not know how women do it who have families and full-time jobs. Well, mm. I do pay a fortune for childcare. That's, yeah. that's how they do it. Yeah. Or heavily on family, and it's, it's difficult. And this has allowed me the flexibility to actually be with my kids and I mean sometimes I would love to go to an office and (laughs) get me wrong but it's it's enabled me the flexibility to make the kind of choices that I've always wanted to have and that's Mm. something that when I was younger I always wanted to be able to choose when I go to the dentist Mm. everybody has to go to the dentist I just hated the I hated the thought of having to fill out a form and say, can I go to the dentist this day? And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of workplaces are much more flexible than that. And you can do home working and you can work from home whenever you've got things on and you don't even have to tell them that you're going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. When I was in an office environment, it was very structured and you literally had mm-hmm. to stick every hour. And it's just not the way that I wanted to live my life. And I knew there was something else, but I just the only business that I had been exposed to was a big traditional business, like a milk business, a dairy yeah. business. Completely the opposite now. I sell vegan nutrition. <laughs> but I didn't ever want to grow up and be an Arbonne lady. I didn't ever want to go and sell lipstick. I was never into products. Mm. But I didn't know that I wanted to work with cool people. I wanted to choose how I spent my time. I wanted to be able to plan my life around my work rather than my work the other way around and it's just it's a freedom that I believe everyone should have but it's still something that people just don't think is possible a lot of people just Mm -hmm. don't know that that option is there without going and starting a traditional business or being clued up on how to work businesses online you know I hear a lot of people starting businesses online now and I now I think I wouldn't have a clue how to start anything mm-hmm. like that you know different mm-hmm. things that are popping up now with all sorts of online opportunities they are there if you know what you're doing online but yeah. I feel like we're the generation who we kind of know what we're doing online but we're not mm-hmm. we're not equipped in it enough to be able to just go and make money on it straight away without a system and someone telling you to okay do this first okay next yeah. do this I'll help you do this okay let's do this together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what appealed to me it was the the doing it with the friends and the community mm-hmm. and choosing who you work with yeah actually make money to fund the lifestyle that you want to be able to live yeah definitely yeah I'd just like to pick up on that what you said I mean I think so I don't know about you but I sometimes take for granted what we've had we have literally like any obstacle we've had in business I'm like right Meg let's have a chat about this and we've brainstormed it come up with a solution implemented it and been like right okay cool we've got over that but a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses they don't have that I mean again yeah there's networking events especially for women and business and all that coming up we've had that since the beginning and we always have that where we get to speak with one another and work our way through the business obviously celebrate one another but obviously get through those tough things as well yeah and there's that's so so powerful in terms of actually running your business and getting your business from A to B or getting over an obstacle but there's also the loneliness of being a traditional business owner or self-employed I'm part of a networking group called the Glasgow Girls Club and it's incredible it's full of incredible women but a lot of them are self-employed and without this networking group 
they're literally at home working online themselves. So they yeah. have to join a networking group like this for accountability and for the camaraderie and the community aspect. We have all of that. Also the training and the personal growth and the confidence building and everything that we have built into one yeah. lifestyle really, which is yeah. what I would describe what we have as. Yeah, totally. And you spoke about how you like, you know, that moment I was actually talking in the last episode about it needs to be something that really pisses you off. And it, it was so funny to hear you say, I didn't want to have to write a note to go to the dentist. It really, you know, but that structured or that structured approach to work and being in a job obviously sort of pissed you off and you were like, I hated it. Was there was there was it just that or was there anything else? I'm just trying to think, you never really touched on your younger years. Obviously, you were you were part of an entrepreneurial family, but was there anything else? Because you were like, I just knew, I just knew. Was there anything else that sort of influenced you at that time or anything you came across? Well, I wasn't pissed off with anything in my life, to be honest, but I just yeah. knew what I wanted it to look like and I knew that I wanted to have that freedom. Yeah. And I think having that traditional way of life and that traditional work life, mm. having experienced that for a while, I just realized that it wasn't for me. Mm. You know, sometimes, particularly as a young woman, I think that office environment can look quite glamorous. You know, you get to mm. wear cool outfits and you get yeah. to get your nails done and, you know. Yeah. And type away. Office and it's all cool for five minutes. Yeah. that it's not and you don't get to make any decisions and you want to take that control back in your life and actually make the decisions that, will determine where where you're going and it doesn't take long to realize that you will never make more money than your boss because they run the company so mm. they may give you a promotion but if you if you have a, if you have goals or dreams or desires to be somebody else in five years time for me when I started my business I was driving a complete banger of a car I which I was so grateful for because I'd had it since I was 17, but it was a banger nonetheless. Yeah. I didn't have my own home. I didn't have m- much money behind me. I came from a lovely family, but th- that wasn't my money. So mm-hmm. if I wanted to create a life for myself, then I had to go and make more money. And then I would look at this ladder and think, wait a minute, <laughs> if I want to achieve this and this and live in a different house and go on mm-hmm. different trips, drive a different car and have a certain lifestyle for my children, mm-hmm. then... I need to be doing something else because there's a gap between my salary and the whatever it's going to rise every year. Mm-hmm. I actually started my Arbonne business and started basically working full time in 2008 during the big recession, the last big recession that we had. And paychecks were not increasing. Workload was increasing. Mm-hmm. Nobody was getting paychecks. Both of the jobs I actually had now no longer exist because the companies. Um, the the roles that I left out of choice were made redundant so the people who replaced me were made redundant so I had something to fall back on I had something to build before I actually needed it mm-hmm. so I got to hand in my notice and say okay I'm leaving before any of that hit the fan but I feel like the conversations that we've had and being around the people who were around the community that we had with Arbonne really was a uh, a lifeline because we were able to foresee a lot of the things that then followed the fact you know you needed a plan b and you need to build something else and your job is not necessarily as secure as you once thought it was Mm -hmm. and that definitely 
did play out in my life when I look at what happened after I left mm. and I was just so grateful to have something else, something else. yeah be able to function and be able to actually achieve what I wanted to achieve and that's something else that I always wanted I was always driven and determined and I was I was a really hard worker still I'm a really hard worker not dead still I'm a really <laughs> it really appealed to me the fact that I could work hard and be paid more money and that was a direct correlation whereas mm. my experiences in the working world were very different I would work hard and go home with the same amount of money or less than the person sitting next to me yeah. and that really grinds my gears yeah that me. yeah, yeah. able to see uh, another way of yeah. work correlating your effort correlating to your take-home pay really yeah that's probably what actually put me over the line yeah totally getting paid what you're worth and yeah. what you've worked for simply and so okay so if you think about over a decade I know you could share lots what would be your learnings or some of your aha moments like what have you really learned in those 10 years <laughs> <laughs> we could be here forever 10 years of learning and replying about two minutes that'd be great and go. <laughs> um, so much of it has been personal growth, and it's yeah. not necessarily directly related to entrepreneurship, which I know this podcast is mm. about. But the one thing that really, really just stood out to me there when you asked that was taking responsibility for your your circumstance. And I think so often we we act like the victim in our life and our life has happened to us and our circumstances have happened to us and the reason we are here is because all of this happened to us but I would just challenge that and think what if it's happening for you though what if everything that you have been through has led you to this point for a reason and it's not clear right now but you're taking responsibility for where you are and deciding on where you want to go next and actually taking a step towards that is really not an easy thing to do. In fact, it feels so scary, but it's always yeah. the right thing to do. You feel so far out of your comfort zone that you're literally nervous and you're shaking and you don't know where to go next. That is where you need to be. And I think mm. so often we just spend so much of our life in the comfort zone and we're like, okay, it's Monday, especially as a mum, especially as a parent, it's so easy to live your life through the school holidays and the working week and you're literally like right okay it's Monday what do I need to think about on Monday okay it's Tuesday okay Wednesday two more days to the weekend right okay the weekend what do I need to think about in the weekend and you're literally going from day to day to day to day and if you treat your week like that then your month will be like that and your year will be like that and before you know it, you're five years down the line and you've not achieved what you want to achieve so really taking responsibility for where you want to be and intentionally carving that out and not just sitting and doing it you know on January the 1st but mm -hmm. also every Sunday how are you going to spend your time and where is your time going to actually take you from where you are to where you want to be because you're not a victim you're the writer and you get to choose that and you mm. have to take that responsibility and decide how you're going to put that into play and it doesn't doesn't happen by accident you have to take control of it and you have to take the steps towards that but when you're willing to actually take the steps and take the pain and start carving it into motion it's amazing how things just start to go in your path. You don't mm -hmm. have to do the whole plan. You just have to start by knowing 
I want something more than I currently have. I'm capable yeah. of doing more than I'm currently doing. And mm-hmm. then honestly just sitting with a blank bit of paper and thinking, right, what am I happy about? What am I not happy about? What can I do? What action can I take? What small thing can I do today to take me a little bit closer to this? And then the mm-hmm. momentum will build on that and just capitalizing on that momentum as it builds is mm-hmm. so much to be said for that because when that's on your side you just you gain so much more motion and forward motion just will mm-hmm. catapult you into where you want to be and things just start being put in your path and things start working out because you started with that intention and you took responsibility and you just it was just a moment where you thought okay we need more than this we need mm-hmm. we're not designed to be where we currently are let's do something about it Mm. and that's really key actually for the last decade of your business is because that you were intentional and you did take responsibility and that's why over a decade later it's still rippling like because you just decided to show up every day um and I like I really recognize you for that in Arbonne like you're you have been a constant for me like because you obviously introduced me Arbonne but you didn't go anywhere you you stood firm you were like you know through everything you were just like you know, whatever is going to come our way, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep setting intention. We're going to keep moving and doing that next step and taking responsibility. So I love that. And that I'd say that sums up your last 10 years because that's what you've done. every. That's what you've chosen to do every day. So then it just works for you. Like it just keeps rippling on. And um, I actually think what you said about it's not really entrepreneurship is this growth, the personal growth. And I actually think that's the biggest thing about entrepreneurship that most people miss. Yeah, is, and I think especially in network marketing, especially in Arbonne, we have had the honour and privilege of that because what I've realised in the last few years, especially is what we know, just being a part of this community is not a given and about 95% of the world don't know it. They don't, they don't have access to this sort of like personal growth or, you know, all trainings we received or people just, literally people just poured love into us for like yeah. over a decade. That's what it's been. Like, you can do this. You can believe in yourself. Like, these are the things that I did. You know, people just were willing to share and pour love into us for such a long time. And, you know, I think when you're getting that, you're getting poured into every day for 10 years. Of course, that's going to have an effect on what you do. Yeah, totally. And I think I actually find it hard to step out with that because yeah. when that bubble, I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need some help? There's something going on here. It's like, no, Meg, actually, most people are like that. Your this big group is different. <laughs> I feel like everyone's like that in the world, but they're not. It's so true. Like, I need to check myself because cause be like, we're all connected on socials, and then we see, and we're like, yeah, we're just in this bubble. We're like, yeah, like everything just works out for us. Everything is working out for us. Everything works. And then you're like, ooh, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? There's also a lot to be said for that. And you can tailor your who you're surrounded by to feel like that, even if you're not physically surrounded by people. If they don't have, if they have the same last name as you and they're the least supportive people mm. in your life, I know that that's often the case. But you mm. can choose who you're surrounding yourself by by listening to podcasts of people who are talking about you know entrepreneurship or I feel like I'm mm-hmm. speaking to slightly because you're listening to a podcast if you're listening to this yeah. conversation but also turning off negative conversations or just choosing not to say yes to that invite that you know it's mm-hmm. going to be the same conversation that sucks the life out of you or mm-hmm. turn off the 
news. I know that's a bit of a controversial one. If you need to see the headlines, you can see them, but you don't have to watch it 24-7 because it will drain you. Mm -hmm. um, and just choosing and being really conscious of who you spend your time with because mm -hmm. it can really make a big, big difference to your life. And we are very fortunate that we are surrounded with incredible people who are you know they're healthy and they're driven and they're they're looking for more and not necessarily more as in more stuff or more mm. money but for more in their life they're looking for mm. that happiness or that success or that you know sense of calm that comes with being fulfilled mm. in your life and mm. there's to be said for that just really being intentional with who you spend your time with yeah definitely and so over the years um I know you you launched a podcast was that about a couple of years ago, two years ago? Did that in 2020 as a bit of a hobby. Mm -hmm. 2020. So tell us more about the podcast and is there anything else you've done in the last few years? No, we have property. So we've got yeah. a little bit of property portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, and the podcast was started as a bit of a passion project during COVID. I thought I'm gonna gonna do this because mm -hmm. we are surrounded so much with personal growth it's something that I feel like I know a lot about I've devoured books over the last 14 years I always remember the first personal development that I, book that I read was given was recommended to me by you and it was after the conversation that we had about Arbonne we got to the bottom of the driveway we went to our friend Caroline's house and we got to the bottom of the driveway and you said Meg have you read The Secret and I was like no <laughs> what is this? It's another one of Michelle's weird crystal things. <laughs> it's the law of attraction. It's basically the secret to life. What you put out there, you get back. And I went, okay. So I bought the book and the rest is history. And, yeah. and that, that really started my personal growth journey. Mm. And I started the podcast to help really mums to be able to build their their life and their careers and their goals around about their kids. So mm. going after goals while they're running after their kids, basically, because mm. that's something that I felt like I really needed help with when I started. I ha I was already had a business before I had children, but I found that transition difficult. Yeah. With being self-employed or having your own business is you don't necessarily have that year off that other mums get. So mm. most people who are employed, as soon as they're you know ready to drop about two weeks before they have a baby, they are just not working. So they have yeah. they're, they're paid though. So they have no concerns about any business or work or anything like that for the whole year. So their only mm. concerns are about you know feeding and sleeping and baby grows and all of this stuff and <laughs> am I actually a psychopath or is this normal after you get old should bits be falling out where they are falling out right now should I be looking, I'm looking for them those are the kind of concerns that you have when you've got when you've got your children but also I was trying to learn how to do all of that while running a business mm. and then have another child on top of that and I found that whole transition difficult I found it difficult and I found it difficult to learn how to do both things and how to manage my time better and block my time and realize that I couldn't do it all and all of that so for the last seven years of my life I've been a mum as my main thing so I yeah. haven't anything else in terms of income but 
I've basically been grappling the world of being an entrepreneurial mom, which doesn't come easily. And that's where the yeah. podcast came from. All of all of those thoughts and moments that I had as a new mom. Mm. And that's great. Yeah, go and check it out. It's called She Can Podcast. Definitely check it out because there's loads on there. There's loads of great episodes. And um, there was something you said there that I was going to pick up on when you said about... Um, yeah, being a mum. Oh, that was it. It's like, do you think now? Because obviously we are ten years on, and we've been we've been running our businesses for a while. And like you said, you've done pro- you've done a bit of property now, and I've done a few other things. And so we're sort of in that mindset of looking for additional income streams. So we're a bit further further on in our entrepreneurial journey. But would you say I think there's a lot of people out there that are still in those jobs? Would you say that's right? They're still in those jobs and probably where you were like 10 years ago or five years ago and sort of struggling to work out how can I be a mum and do this like what would you say to those mums like what what for now for today in this day and age and you know you sort of left your job but those people are probably still in them do you know what I mean you're still in that job and you're juggling the kids and you're juggling life and you're thinking I would love more from my life I just don't know either where to start or how in the name of the wee man would I ever find more hours in my life yeah or to do anything and I would just say we all have the time and it's it's easy for me to say that I know especially if you have more than two kids but we do have the time we've all got those hours it's just where you choose to spend them and there will be seasons in your life where you just have to prioritize your family life and you just have to give your business a backseat and there definitely has been moments like that in my career but in a, in a day-to-day setting getting up earlier than the kids if you possibly can if your kids are under two years old probably skip that bit because you're probably sweating at me right now but that's not for you but if they're over two and you can possibly get up a little bit earlier than them or put on Thomas the Tank or something for them and while that's happening you are working on yourself you're doing a bit of journaling doing a bit of meditation reading Mm. a personal development book moving your body a bit just giving yourself half an hour even of time for you or even bring the kids in on that so when my kids do it with me I always try and do it myself it doesn't always work out like that but we do affirmations together and they you hear them saying things like I am strong I am confident you know you can build your entrepreneurial career in with your family life it doesn't necessarily have to be completely separate so for example what we do is recommend nutrition products and health and wellness products to people who are looking to feel better, who are looking to, you know, prioritize their gut health, prioritize their wellness, have more energy for your kids. So that's something that you can go on that journey with your kids. They can help you make a smoothie. Mm. They can help you make healthy food. That's a family journey. And mm. then when you start to see that working for yourself, you start to think everyone needs to know about this and you start to tell your friends about it during conversations that you're already having so it doesn't necessarily have to be a completely separate entity when you do a business like like the one that I do if it is completely separate and it involves you being behind a laptop and purely focusing then my advice to you would be do get up an hour earlier than them or you're going to have to work for a while when they go to bed and I know it's not easy and I know sometimes Netflix is like calling your name like (laughs) 
but if you want more from your life than you currently have, you're going to have to make some swaps and you're going to have to make some changes and that time is there. But sometimes we're just not utilizing it to the best yeah. of our ability. And sometimes yeah. it is allocated to things like Netflix or things like reading a novel. Maybe you want to change your reading a novel to reading something that's actually going to build your business because you have that there. Delegating as well. Yeah. Don't have to wash all your own socks. You can ha- like hire a cleaner. And I know sometimes it's, I know it is expensive, but if you can find the money to hire a cleaner, then it means that those hours, one hour a week or two hours a, a month or whatever it is, it just gives you a little bit of headspace to work your business. And there are businesses that can be worked in those short spaces of time. So don't yeah. think you have to look for nine to five hours. You don't need 20 hours a week to build a business. You're literally yeah. looking for those wee gaps. A lot of the time that I send messages, I'm like, in the toilet. <laughs> That's the reality of life. Where yeah. I used to sit in the car when the kids were sleeping and the kids are napping in their car seats. I'd be sitting on my phone in the front yeah. of the car. When there's a will, there's a way. And when yeah. you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. So don't yeah. think you've got to this stage in life and now you're a mum and now there's so much stuff to do and now you can't do anything else. You can. You absolutely can. And there's so much help out there available to you. And... Mm-hmm. I would love to have that conversation with you. If you're sitting there listening to this thinking, maybe I could do something else, then please reach out to me and maybe I can help you do that. And mm. you know, it's it's something that you're always going to regret if you don't do it. If yeah. you've got that thing that's like drip, 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 constant dripping tap, and it's always telling you, you should do that thing. You should do that thing. You should go and write that book or start that course or read the read the course or whatever it is there's something that's like a constant drip and tap in your mind you just have to listen to it don't get to a stage in your life where it really is too late and then you regret it yeah amazing I love that um I'm trying to think what else I was going to ask I think we've covered off quite a lot we have is, is, is there anything else you would like to share in the spirit of ending this season of entrepreneurship this is the last episode is there anything else you would love to share with the community of I've Got Your Back? I would say that you don't have to overthink entrepreneurship. Often we feel like an outsider looking into a different world. And even now when people ask me to talk about entrepreneurship, I don't necessarily feel like I'm part of that because I'm just a mum who builds her business while their kids are sleeping. You know, you don't have to overthink it. If you work for yourself, if you build something by yourself, you're an entrepreneur. And that can be as part of a bigger umbrella, like the way Michelle and I do with um, our network marketing company, or it can be you, you know, doing your own thing. It can be you teaching businesses how to become a B Corp like Michelle does, or you know, making your own cards or anything. You don't have to overthink it. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Just start somewhere and don't feel like you have to have the whole plan because so often, particularly as women, I'm going to tar us all with the same brush here. We, we often overthink things and we want things to be perfect and we don't want to start stuff because what will people think or how, how what would I know because I'm not, I don't have those letters after my name the, the thing is nobody cares literally nobody cares I have a friend who's the most 
she's so good at interior she's so good at thinking about interiors she's always been put off doing anything with that because she doesn't have the letters after her name mm. who cares <laughs> no one would you come and say my house show me your degree certificate though please first <laughs> nobody cares if you're not qualified in something it doesn't matter if you're good at it that's what matters and remember done is better than perfect it's never going to be perfect your first draft of something is never going to be perfect your first episode of something is never going to be perfect it just has to be done and when you do something first you start to feel good about it and you do it a little bit better the next time and a little bit better the next time and you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. I've made so, I say we I mean I shouldn't take you into this Michelle I, no, the we, we are the we oh, men. <laughs> many mistakes over the last 14 years and that's yeah. even with a business that literally it's like laid out in front of me <laughs> there's so many conversations that sometimes I just I go over in my head and I think oh can you believe we did that? Can you believe that actually came out our mouths? Like, <laughs> so, change and you move on, but yeah, it's always a bigger deal to you in your own head than mm. it is to anyone else. They've forgotten about it way, way yeah. before you have. Yeah. So let the thought of other people or the the aim of being perfect get in your way because those two are the biggest killers of your dream. Mm. out there and so many books are left unwritten and songs are left unsung because of those two stupid stupid fears that really Mm. have and it's completely just false so make a move and just start it so I would say yeah that's amazing and you are the queen of that because even when we were speaking about podcasts I remember that I wanted to start my podcast around about the same time as you in 2020 but I did, obviously I got distracted with some other things in the middle, but I remember you were just like, done is better than perfect, and you had the first episode out in like, I think it was like 3.2 seconds, I don't know, it just felt very quick, you know, and you are you are the queen of just like, doing that, done is better than perfect, and you're the first to initiate things, um, and I think it's a really, really important thing, it's a, it's a great message to finish on actually. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Megan. Thank you for always having my back. And I've always got yours. Thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you so much for having me as a guest. Yay. Speak to you soon, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I so appreciate your time. And as a thank you, and especially for this season, which is all about entrepreneurship, it's so important to look after yourself from a mind, a body, and a spirit point of view. So as a gift, you can download my Yoga Nidra practice from my website. And this is a guided meditation to really regenerate your mind, your body, and your soul. I hope you enjoy, and I'll speak to you soon.